0: Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers Episode 413, the box office report for the week ending September 23rd, 2018. It's weird
1: doing them in reverse order, like not future dating these?
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, I would normally just say the date, because we typically record on a Sunday. We're recording on a Monday, because I was out of town because my wife competed in a triathlon. She yep. just, it was a relay. She wants me to make sure everybody knows whenever we talk about this, that she was part of a relay team. So she just, that's her just, not mine, she just did the the 13.1 mile run. Oh, only, yes. Only.
2: The half marathon, as it's called in the business. Correct. More than I've moved in 2018. <laughs> yes.
0: So, and uh, while she was doing that, I took the kids to the secret stash, because it was in Atlantic City, so... Mm-hmm. It was like an hour and a half drive, but I was like, eh, screw it.
1: How'd you go to the Trump Casino?
2: Is there one in Atlantic City? There used to be. Oh, okay. I don't think it's around anymore. There used to be several until yeah. we, he drove them into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> we were at Bally's, which
0: is uh, <laughs> a real crap hole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: like just, I was, just pinball machines now? I was not impressed. There's one nice place in Atlantic City, the Borgata. Everything else, dump. Yeah. like I was really like, it, yeah. But it's better than when I used to live on the East Coast 20-plus years ago. The only place I could go to gamble to play poker and other things was either Las Vegas or Atlantic City. There were no other casinos in the country. So right. I, so I went to Atlantic City, and you could smell the medical waste washing up on the shore in those days. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. The
0: kids got to um, see their first hooker, mm-hmm. right? So that was good. What was uh, his name? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, it was, and, and it was like a good old-fashioned streetwalker. Yeah. You know? And just at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning, sitting there on a street corner, at nine o'clock on a Sunday, putting on her makeup, and I was just like, "Oof, you starting a shift or ending one? Like, I don't even know." Daddy, can I have ten dollars? Yeah, <laughs> well, bring back change. <laughs> now that's legal in Vegas, right? No, it's not legal. It's not legal in Vegas. It's legal in Nevada. Okay, right. but well, it's not legal in Vegas. Okay, so you have to go outside, outside of, of Vegas. V- right, right, right. That's I have read. Yes. But Atlantic, just to be clear, but Atlantic
1: City, it's not like, no, that's a, no. no,
0: no. OK, I was just making sure. Yeah, the, She was like on a street corner. There were like two other hookers sitting on the stoop, like on an honest to God stoop. There was a stoop that they were sitting on. Yep. I was just like, that's this, how you know,
2: you're on the East Coast. There's a
0: stoop. Yeah. I was like, this is straight out of a movie. And then, uh, yeah, we got to see the junkies wandering around. Any nah, of them nah. look like
2: Julia Roberts? never laura san giacomo no no nope so that was
0: our big fun family adventure okay <laughs> glad you made it back in yeah. one piece yeah so, okay
2: kids mommy's gonna go run a half marathon because she's healthy i'm gonna go take you to see hookers yeah <laughs> wow you're quite a dad <laughs>
0: well you know they need to you don't want them to learn that stuff on the street right you know <laughs> Controlled you environment. To, you want them to learn it at home, <laughs> on the boardwalk right <laughs> So they get good deals. (laughs) It's a song about it. Yeah. yep. I was telling my son because he was like, he's 14 and he's like, I want to gamble. And I was like, I don't think you do. Like, look at these people. Like, they're, you know, I was like, it's, it's, uh," I'm like, we were walking by a machine. I was like, they're, I'm like. It's a Sunday morning at eight o'clock, and they're down here at a slot machine. Like that's not Mm -hmm. that's not good. Yeah, that's not that's you know. And the one we we walk by, and the one guy's machine is just going bonkers, and he's like, he's like, oh, that guy's doing pretty good. And I was like, look at that dude, look at his face, his machine, he's clearly winning, and he's not even happy about it. Right, (laughs) like it's not. You didn't see the previous five hours, right? uh, pumping
1: in or I guess I don't know if you put coins but swiping the card or whatever they do nowadays. Yeah. You know? I mean, when you go to the casinos, I mean even here you see it, I mean, whether you're at Vegas or in St. Louis, you're at the casino and you've got people that are there, they're they're comfortable, they've they've, you know, hunkered down and it's like they're just no matter what, win or lose, I mean it's just like pull the lever or press the button for hours. You walk by, they're still there and then they win, they must lose fifty times. They win one big one and they may you know, it's it's like I know. don't get the appeal at all. No. I like I, the I like the table games, like those especially the ones that require skill, you know, poker, Paul's a poker player. Paul's yeah, we, here by the way.
0: Oh yeah, we never introduce <laughs> ourselves. Let's That's introduce okay. ourselves. Hi, I'm
1: Paul. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. There we go. Back to gamble talk. Okay. <laughs> but I I like those games and I like blackjack where I get to make decisions and you know, you've got I, I like to be able to interact and kind of control my destiny. Slot machines though. It's like they're always appealing when they have these big screens and lights and people are winning so you're like that looks fun to win money, but you play them and you put in 20 bucks and get nothing and you're just like that was lame. like I had no control over that. It was
0: Yeah, I uh, I don't get the appeal and I you you will be you will be proud of this, Paul, because uh, when he was it, so, when I was talking on the slots, and he's like, and he and I was like, not he, the ones you saw outside. You're talking about in no the casino. with an O oh, slots, oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and he and he and he's like, uh, and so he's like starting to get like, oh. And I was like, no, poker isn't the same thing. I was like, poker. Oh, thank you. I was like, there's a skill set. There's a mathematical advantage that if you have deep enough deep enough pockets, and you and you work the odds, and you stick at it long enough. You can theoretically come out ahead. And I'm like, but let me make it very clear. You're not smart enough to do that. (laughs) (laughs) How old is he? 12? 14. 14. And I was like, you know, like maybe one day. Mm -hmm. But like it's, it's really, really hard. And you have to be very patient. And you have to be willing to absorb a lot of
2: losses yeah. to get there or you know what you can take ten dollars and go and play in your friend's basement for a whole evening and have some food and some sure some, yeah you know some beverages and and you know c- just consider it fun yeah, yeah absolutely poker's a fun game i i really do enjoy it
1: i don't play as much as i'd like to I, friends are always holding these tournaments and stuff and i always think oh that'd be fun to go and then i realize oh they start about an hour before i would be going to bed <laughs> and you know
0: yeah yeah and to, for me it's not fun at all that has no appeal. It's like, that's math. Why? That's nothing fun about <laughs> math. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I didn't graduate from college until I was 45 because I wouldn't take my algebra class. Like, I'm like, I'm. no thanks. <laughs> Sitting around on a Saturday night doing math for money. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> well,
1: at least for money. I mean, there were times when we had to do math and didn't well, yeah. get paid. So, <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, there is an
2: advantage to this one. My trigonometry teacher? No cash. Yeah, none. Didn't pay me a penny. <laughs> oh, in college. You but you didn't lose either. I wasted all of that time. time
0: and money. College, a book is like $300. What's
2: the last time you had to figure out a cosine? Yeah.
0: Come on. <laughs> yep. No, I don't have to worry about cosines now that my
2: credit's good. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I was going to go for cotangent, but I thought it was a little bit too obscure. <laughs> no, always Co- go for the obscure. Cosine one. comes with the joke. That's yeah. perfect.
0: So, uh, shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe, and uh, check out our Facebook page at facebook dot com slash real spoilers. While you're there, join the league of show sharers. People who were kind enough to join this week: uh, Brad Hyen, Librarian Cynthia Griffin, Fox Smith, Jason Michael, Timmy Tuzoons, Chris. Sanders, Travis T. Witt, Chris Magic Man, Tom Kamiski, Ron Johnson, Brent Smith, Tammy Sherman Powers, Jason Weese, Susan Carlson, Ralph Tribble. Here's a new one: Williamsburg Stars Gold. Apparently, it's a women's softball team. What likes not to sh- be not to be confused with the fast pitch version of the team? I guess this is the slow pitch, but. I don't know. Somebody wow, on Wow, their... shared our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> go so Williamsburg. Wait. Yeah.
1: Now you're sitting in the seat of the person who sings the songs for all the
2: new show sharers. <laughs> and he's like It's a real thing, Paul. So. Oh, well that's interesting to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, carry he's, on. He's like duly noted. Move <laughs> <Yeah>. on.
0: <laughs> so, uh oh and then uh, Chris James, Lane Levanway and Dustin at Nerds at Night Gaming. And also don't forget uh, to check out our Patreon account at patreon.com/ real spoilers good times to be had yeah so uh,
1: apparently this week we are reviewing halloween two. so we'll see how that goes <laughs> this is what happens when you let joke <laughs> <off>. <laughs> i know you do you know the programming is so we on the patreon so again you know we mentioned before but some people said oh why don't you go back and review the classics instead of just like the newest ones or the ones that are fun to poke fun at, like oh you know the classic action movies and horror and all that well so so far we've done movies like Die Hard, predator Halloween, (laughs) and it's me and Joe doing these podcasts. So if you can, you know, get any kind of a gist of like where the programming is coming from, but uh, it's kind of fun because I've never seen a lot of these movies. I mean, Die Hard, Predator, I've seen, but like Halloween, I had never seen the original. I've never seen any Halloween. Okay, yeah, really,
2: you've never seen any of them. I don't go for that. Yeah,
1: but but it's, it's I'll tell you what though, Halloween, the first one it's really good it's an artistic movie i mean the camera work in that seriously like they invented some of the steady cam technology i think for that movie mm. um like the shots are really intriguing i mean it is interesting it's not a slasher it's more suspenseful i mean this guy's walking around stalking these kids and and uh you know it's just like a really creepy suspense building type movie and, and again the camera work and um dean cundy cinematographer who um Jurassic Park and a lot of the Spielberg stuff um but anyway so like it got me to watch that movie and so with the new Halloween coming out that I don't know if you guys knew this but Joe's excited about this oh I know surprise uh so he's probably gonna get me to watch a good handful of these and talk about them before the new one so if you're wanting to brush up on your Halloween do that before this week's Patreon
0: awesome Well, uh, there, now that that shameless plug is over, we can uh, turn our eyes to the box office. Kevin has his abacus at the ready, Kevin.
1: I do, Tom. And so we're a week out from, you know, usually we review the movie of the week is opening. And this week we are, of course, going to talk about A Simple Favor. Right. And so it's up here on the box office, but it is its second week of release. So keep that in mind for the numbers. But opening this week, The House with the Clock and Its Walls, which is that Jack Black uh, horror movie directed by Eli Roth, which is just such a strange combination with the Goosebumps feel and then the guy that brought you Hostel is directing it. Um, but I saw it, and it's it's fun. Did you get a chance to see it? I did, actually. Did? What did you think?
0: Uh, I liked the last 20 minutes. Yeah. I thought it was kind of slow. Yeah. Um, did you
2: know that it was 20 minutes because of the clock on the wall? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they finally yes.
0: had gotten it out of the wall. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh, look, time flies. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I will say that I really liked what Eli Roth did in the last 20 minutes of his movie. Like, there is some seriously gross and disturbing images in this film that are... In- family friendly yeah it's a, the like movie's
1: PG yeah so it's so weird that he was able to create this and like I think the stuff that looks like blood is wax so it's not technically blood like right. in the book it's like they're melting like there's some blood but like sometimes the book is like covered with this red which looks like it'd be gross blood or whatever but I think it's technically wax right but it looks like blood's so like they get away with all these things without and
0: they do this these things with the pumpkins I don't want to give away too yeah. much and the, uh, and then what happens to Jack Black at the end like yeah. there's some like really like kind of unsettling things that you see in this movie but he manages to keep it a kids movie and it like i was really impressed that he was able because when i i didn't realize he was directing it until i sat down to watch the movie yeah and i was like eli raw i'm like well this is gonna go one of two ways (laughs) and uh and i was i overall i was pleasantly surprised it's funny um uh, John Carney had texted me like last week, asking if I could think of any horror movies that were good for kids, like that were like that would actually have some scares to them, but were still like kind of age appropriate. Oh. And uh, and it, and I nothing was really jumping out at me, but like this would be a good one. Like yeah. there's some good jump scares, there's some really good gross stuff at the end, but again, it's nothing that you can't show show the kids yeah
1: it's he's really kind of captured that like like i want to say it's going back to like what spielberg used to do but even spielberg was like i mean you know they invented pg-13 for him basically so it's like but you know how those spielberg kid quote-unquote movies that were pg were you know family friendly but they kind of pushed the limits a little bit And like he's kind of um I feel like it's kind of those are an inspiration for what he's done and he really did it well and uh, it was entertaining like I thought it was an, an enjoyable movie like I didn't feel bored during it or like oh I'm at this stupid kids movie like it, it did a good enough job to keep my interest but my nine-year-old son though he he loved it like he's at the age where like you know the kids they play their games and watch YouTube and you know the little clips we talked about it before they love to just watch these clips and uh, movies are sometimes hard to get them to sit down and really right. pay attention to but this movie I mean he did not wiggle around he sat there and he loved it so I mean 9 10 years old that age period I, I think it's just perfect for that
0: yeah I just wish they had done more of what you saw at the end throughout yeah. the movie if they had found a way to yeah, Space it's a lot of
1: exposition. Them. I yeah. mean, the 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 lines that is one thing with the they're trying to cram a lot of backstory into this. Uh, this that was based on a book, and they're you know a lot of the lines are just kind of explaining to you their history in the past and about magic. And so, yeah, yeah they could have probably if they could have moved it along a little more. But overall, I mean, it was, and there were
0: some characters that they introduced that like never paid off. That I thought they were going to uh, kind of come back around. And, yeah, like okay, but, yeah. Maybe that's a future book.
1: Yeah, I'll Uh be interested to see what Eli Roth does if he goes this route. I mean, with the success of this movie, so it opened to twenty six million dollars. It only had a forty two million dollar budget, and uh, overseas, it's already made ten. So, um, you know, it's almost to its budget opening weekend, and uh, you know, with the good word of mouth, and it's still September. So, I think this one going into October is
0: going to have some good legs on it, and and... I think this would be a good direction for him. In all honesty, like not exclusively, but I I would like to see him do more movies like this. Yeah, I mean, I his. don't know
1: what he's done lately that's done well, you know? I mean, he does a lot of that. He, of course, with Hostel and the torture porn stuff and that last movie he did that was supposed to be like the super, I can't remember, is it Green Inferno, the one he did, or was it? Was it in,
0: green something.
1: So maybe it was Green Inferno, though. Like, it's you know, he's doing a lot of these gross, out. yeah, the Green Inferno, um, you know, the gross-out movies and stuff, and it's like, well, he did this really well, and, like, this was a really good step into that this genre more mainstream yeah and so i you know he obviously is a talented director uh and it will be interesting to see if you know this is if studios start coming to him with you know these checks and saying hey make make our children's book property
2: yeah i always wonder when you have a director who's known for making bad movies or schlock movies or movies that didn't succeed and then they come out with one that you like there must have been somebody at the studio who was riding herd on them you know, we no we're not going in that direction with it. You're the director, but it's my movie and I'm telling you this is what we're going to do. Do you think that might be the case here?
1: I mean, since it's based on a book and you had people that they're, they're, you know, probably were people like, you know, this is the way it's supposed to go. Like he's obviously knows horror. And I wonder if he, since he already had that subject matter, instead of writing a a gross movie or a horror movie, you know, he had to take this and be, you know, semi true or they, you know, they wanted him to stick true to it. And so he knew how to capture it really well from a director's standpoint. But um, I think maybe that having the source material was helpful for him in this Mm. one.
0: Well, and we've talked about this before on the podcast and that, you know, in the 70s, it was kind of the director's auteur, right? Yes. Like now you're kind of starting to see that age more of like the producer or there's almost like a showrunner for movies. You know, Marvel's a good example of, you know, yeah, there are directors for the films, but Kevin Feige's overseeing it and he's the one that's really calling the shots and he's like, you know, more of a. And he's more of a showrunner for my like TV managers. or project manager yeah. for, for a film franchise. Like when they
2: announced this Carrie Fuganaga is going to make the next Bond movie. Yeah. I thought to myself, okay, you're still going to sucker me in with a Barbara Broccoli run operation. Regardless yeah. of who the director is, it's still going to be her kind of Bond movie. She's not going to let anybody else mess with the family brand. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's why Spielberg
0: turned it down. 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, and
1: that's, I mean, you had, uh, was it Danny Boyle who was going to. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and he is an auteur type of director and he, I'm sure, wanted to make James Bond into a Danny Boyle movie or at least having some of that influence. And they I'm sure that's why they parted ways like you just you can't do that. You've got to stick with the formula, you know, and you can use your style or your know how. I mean, if you're a talented director, but you can't stray too far. I mean, just look at Edgar Wright, you know, with with Ant-Man and and losing that. And, you know, all these directors that we hear coming in and out of projects or even the chris mckay and lord and miller sorry yeah chris mckay's lego movie they okay. produced it but they didn't direct it so that's why i was getting confused sorry um no but it, you know we see this a lot especially these days because like tom said i mean you've got these studios and you've had the big picture people and they're like this isn't working with what art what the big picture is and you know it's like you either play by their rules or they though well, yeah
0: and danny boyle would have been worried about making the next bond movie where they're worried about making the next 15 bond movies right. so if he does this adds this really hyper specific directorial flair that that they can't replicate or now they're married to him. Like they, they don't want to make those movies over and over again.
2: Plus the you character know? can't say the name is Millionaire, slumdog millionaire. That just <laughs> it just doesn't fit. <laughs>
1: so yeah it it will be interesting to see what he does with it i mean i really liked that first true detective so uh and he was heavily involved with the it movie that came out he was supposed to direct it but he ended up just producing it but i mean that it movie was really good
2: and that was a lot of that was due to him so Mm -hmm. to to carrie Mm -hmm. Fukunaga, he's also the one responsible for this new netflix series called maniac yeah which which has uh jonah hill Mm -hmm. and emma stone and I'm up to the second episode, and in the second episode, Emma Stone and Julia Garner play sisters on a road trip together. Julia Garner I knew first from the Americans, but she was also in Ozark. She is in Ozark. Oh, which one is which she? Is I the finished ba- Ozark. She's the young woman who lives with the kind of uh, redneck family oh, so oh, on the takes over. She's yeah. Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. She's Ruth. Yeah. I she's so good
1: I, that. I I know I binged. I, I had never seen any Ozark. Well, I watched the first episode and it was a little slow and I think it was late at night and I fell asleep and I kind of was like, eh, I'll get to that someday. And then, my friends were like okay, you need to catch up on Ozark when season two came out afterwards and so I binged through I started it over just watched the whole thing season one binged it I mean lickety split done yeah. with it and then season two I mean season one was good but season two holy cow I mean they are off to the races like that was awesome yeah is it lickety
2: split the name of the strip club on the show <laughs> it is <laughs> actually yeah. and, and Laura Linney in that second season yeah she is I, I, I yeah. for a long time I've thought that she's the best actress of her generation yeah. and she's unbelievable yeah. in this
1: I I know, and I, I was so torn on that character, too, because it, I'm like, I really don't like her, but then I'm like, "She's kind of badass." Yeah. like you know I was like, "Oh, I don't like her, then I'm like, "Wow, she gets stuff done," and then I'm you know but, but
2: this, this Julia Garner really okay. uh, I, I really am enjoying everything that she's in, and she's in this maniac series okay. I've watched two episodes. I'm not sure about it yet. Okay. It's a very weird thing but Carrie well, and the guy it. and I think they've
0: already said he's not coming back for season two. Oh, I think I a just
1: Maniac saw. Yeah oh, oh so he's just He's setting these things up Like uh, kind of being like A J.J. J. Abrams Like set it up And then let him go Go to do another thing And
2: That did not work out For True Detective
1: No but so he didn't direct the second. No. Ah, so that's maybe that's why. Then. Yeah.
0: Okay. That explains it because that second season, I I didn't, I didn't even finish it. No, I, I didn't, didn't even
1: start it because people said like, don't watch season two, and I went, you know, I watched season one when season two was already out because I I just missed it and I went and watched the first one, loved it, and people said, do not mess around with that mm-hmm. second one. So, but anyway, that's good. Yeah, my friend John is up to episode four, and he said it's really good. He said it's really weird, but it's really good. Yeah. So. Well, cool. I'm excited to see that one. So anyway, House with a Clock and its Walls, number one this weekend. But uh the movie of the week in week two, A Simple Favor, came in with $10.2 million, which is a 36% drop. And it is at $32.4 million domestic, another $10 million overseas, so around $42 million. I don't have a budget on it. I don't... You didn't... uh look one up on wikipedia i did anything. not did you, okay God,
0: i can't imagine it was much
1: yeah I, I mean it doesn't seem like a big budget movie so we'll we'll look that one up but yeah 42 million dollars in two weeks it's getting great word of mouth i mean we'll obviously get into it next but i mean people that have seen it uh the buzz on the internet people talking about it i mean they're loving it so 20 million is the budget. 20 wow so okay. there you go so double its budget in in two weeks so and it's it's number two this week so surely gonna stick around but we'll get into that next episode Number 3 The Nun in week 3 so you can listen to that episode 3 weeks ago 9.9 million this weekend is a 45% drop it is up to 100 million dollars domestic on a 22 million dollar budget almost 200 million overseas though The Nun a 300
2: million in 3 weeks That's the kind of movie that can become a habit <laughs> oh. Ouch <laughs> file oh, sorry <laughs> if, you're, if you're wondering what kevin just edited out that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you,
0: you can hear that joke in our if you subscribe to our patreon right <laughs>
2: special features
1: <laughs> but geez i mean in three weeks the nun us the second spinoff from the conjuring I mean, We talked about this, Joe and I reviewed The Conjuring on Patreon, speaking of that, but uh, uh, The Conjuring came out in 2013, and here we are in 2018 with the fifth movie in the series, the second spinoff after the two Annabelle movies, and in three weeks, $300 million on a $22 million budget. That's just unbelievable to me that these franchises can pop up out of nowhere, especially these little horror ones. It and- also
0: shows you how critic-proof these movies are, because this movie got lambasted. Is it that, did, and I don't think it deserved it. I don't think it did I, either. I think I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I didn't love the movie, but for what it was supposed to be, it yeah. seemed like it was reasonably
2: effective. Is but, that Blumhouse?
1: Oh no, that's um, the the Conjuring movies aren't Blumhouse. Those are Warner Brothers, and I'm not sure who uh, James Wan, who did Saw and. Is it Insidious? We talked about. I think it's Insidious. It's his franchise that came first, and then he did Conjuring. So he's a producer, and then it's Warner Brothers. So, mm. um, yeah, not a Blumhouse, and it has a twenty-two million dollar budget, which is about twenty million too high for Blumhouse. That guy, <laughs> that guy is insane. I mean, talk yeah. about the low budgets. But seriously, these horror franchises that pop up and can make three hundred on a twenty-two in a few weeks. I mean, it's amazing that what they can do, and it's really cool that I horror movies are starting to realize you don't need huge budgets for you know if you have a, a director that knows how to. Create that atmosphere and the suspense uh, and it harkens back to the old days like you know the the old ones like we talked about like Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby you've got these directors that grew up with that stuff and now they're making movies like that that isn't the Eli Roth or what he was doing with the torture porn and just make it bloody and make it gross it's like no build the suspense it makes a lot more interesting movie
0: yeah it's nice to see it swing back the other direction yeah
1: absolutely and so it's I'm sure they're happy with uh, the box office swinging back in the other direction as well <laughs> Number four, The Predator, the movie from last week uh, and, and week two, $9.1 million. So uh, the movie that we chose to, to uh, talk about instead of a simple favor, <laughs> and that was something. Uh, but 62% drop brings that one to $40.9 million domestic on an $88 million budget, 54 overseas. So it's at around 95 on that $88 million budget. And uh, yeah, go listen to that episode from last week if you want to see what we thought of that one. It was something. Yeah, it was a thing. It was. Number (laughs) five, Crazy Rich Asians, though, $6.3 million. Talk about staying power. Uh, It's a 27% drop in week six, so another one of those uh, word of mouth. I think we kind of compared it to, like, uh, my big, Fat Greek Wedding yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's a movie that uh, it's just a good fun movie you can go date night family movie
0: whatever uh, my sister went and saw it and she sees about two movies a year wow
1: yeah so I mean that just shows you I mean people are talking about it every, I mean everyone and wait
2: until this leaves theaters and gets A onto cable and then B onto Netflix or Amazon Prime oh, yeah. it's gonna have an enormous life yeah there. Oh, the word of mouth will be enormous
1: yeah it, it, yeah exactly if it isn't already it will definitely be huge on, on video but they're loving every moment of this box office so another 6.3 million puts it up to 159 million dollars domestic and uh, overseas 47 million so it's over 206 million dollars uh you know and that's a 30 million dollar budget so they're definitely happy with that and it will be interesting to see what if they spawn it into i mean it definitely has sequels i think they've already greenlit it so i guess they're going to go for the theater but it would be interesting if to see if it ever translates back to like a series I think it was originally
0: supposed to be a Netflix series or they offered him. Netflix offered him a ton of money and he, and, and the author was like, no, I think I want it to be a movie.
1: Such a good move too, though, just to bring, you know, more mainstream, you know, the Asian actors and, you know, it's an all Asian cast and, and to bring that to a big movie and now how successful it is. I mean, what a great move to not just be another one because it would just be lost. I mean, even if I heard good things about the series, It'd be one of those things like even like True Detective, like I heard great things, just didn't get around to it. It'd be one of those where it'd be just another Netflix show. Okay, I'll get to it sometime. It's good. Right. Uh, but yet, you know, it comes on the theater. And even if we didn't review it, I'd go see it with my wife or something. And uh, yeah, it's just I, I think obviously a smart move for them. So it'll be interesting, though, because the universe is so grand. Like we talked about in the characters, it'd be kind of there's a lot of material there for a series
0: absolutely it was a very densely packed yeah. movie and and i found myself wishing i'm like well I, i'd like to see where that subplot goes yeah and so i yeah i found myself wishing it was a tv show like not
1: just to get more yeah just yeah, to yeah. get more yeah yeah not wait three years or whatever two right. years for the sequel so we'll see where that one goes number six white boy rick uh which uh is
0: really weird coming out of crazy rich agents <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is weird right next to each other like that so the the asians won it this week uh, once again but uh, white boy rick 4.8 million which is more money at second week than i would have expected uh it critically didn't do very well but a 45 percent drop brings to 17 million dollars domestic on a 29 million dollar budget and uh don't have any overseas mo- money but that's the matthew mcconaughey movie based on a true story uh did you, I did not you see didn't? it. Okay, Brad reviewed it. He said it was okay. He said it had potential, but just didn't... It wasn't quite... I mean, they're definitely going for, like, an Oscar-caliber right. type. Um, and, it, and it never
2: quite gets there. I have a question about this. Do you remember the movie Get Shorty? Sure. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. No, wait, not and Be no, Cool. No, no, not Get Shorty. Oh. Out of Sight. George Clooney yeah. and J-Lo. Oh, yeah. And Ving Rhames. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't Ving Rames. Oh, whoever it was. I can't yeah. remember. Uh, when they go off with Don Cheadle and Steve Zahn's in the car with Don Cheadle and his guys. Isn't one of the guys in Don Cheadle's gang named White Boy Rick?
0: Hmm.
2: I don't remember. It's been years
0: since I've seen the movie.
1: I mean, I've. It sounds familiar. Like when I heard the title "White Boy Rick," something about it sounded familiar, and I didn't. I don't think I ever heard any, uh, the true story about it, but that name sounded familiar, and I wonder if that might be where I heard it.
2: Yeah, maybe they took the name from that. Can you look on IMDb and see what the yeah I'm trying to the characters are.
1: Tom is our producer and uh, fact checker over here as we do the show. Yeah, on the fly. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I really wanted to see it. I like. I mean, the McConaissance has been good. I know that we talked last week about it. Maybe kind of. There's been a couple that he's missed on But I mean when he's Doing his thing When he's firing on All cylinders I really like Matthew McConaughey
2: There is a movie of his That was so underrated And and bombed at the box office But it's running on TNT this month Called The Lincoln Lawyer Yeah Did you see it when yeah. it first
1: came out? Did we review that? Or maybe uh, I we just did, saw I've it
2: never, We did not Okay uh, yeah, it's really good. Much better than you would think. It sounds like a first of all, it's a stupid title. Yeah, he's a lawyer it's who rides around right? in a Lincoln. Or, oh, okay, that's what it is, Th- yeah. that, that's what it is. It's okay. based it's based on a book. Is uh, that Hillary Swank in that or? White Boy Bob? Oh, White Boy Bob is the character in, in Out of Sight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I remember and it liking. Was it. Ving Rhames? Sorry. Okay. All right. Um, I remember liking uh, yeah. the Lincoln Lawyer, but eight people saw it. Yeah, it, it, it was. It's like it looked like Poor Man's Grisham.
1: Yeah. It's just hard when you have a lawyer movie and you, yeah, I mean with the cover and it just, it does seem like it's a Grisham novel slash movie adaptation, but no, it is decent. I, Matthew McConaughey has done some good stuff and I was excited to see him in this. And even when he's going for it, like with gold, like that movie didn't get to where, where it wanted to be certainly. But like, I mean, I don't know. I, he's, he's a great actor. I would love to see him in, in, in these good roles. So I was a little disappointed to hear this one didn't quite hit the mark. So uh, anyway, though, but still sticking around. I, w- I was surprised that it, that it even made almost five million. So we'll see where that goes. Number seven, Peppermint. Uh, that's the Jennifer Garner movie uh, from three weeks ago. Three point six million, thirty eight percent drop. That is up to thirty million dollars on a twenty five million dollar budget. Six overseas.
2: So. Did you guys see it? Yes. Did you like it? No. <laughs> Did you? I'm the one. You liked You're it. The one. Yeah. But I, you know, you you and I have talked about this before. I go into movies like Peppermint. With very low expectations. Sure. I I kind of expect this movie is going to be, uh, okay. And if it meets that standard, I think it's done its job. Right. It's not going to be a great... I don't go in saying, oh, this is going to be a fantastic movie. That was my reaction to The Nun,
0: you know, like where I was just like, I mean, it's not a great movie. I'd never watch it again. But if you wanted to see a horror movie, it it was one, (laughs) you know, it's a, it's a, it's it's a
1: being a critic is really weird because you've got movies that set up, set out to do something, and a lot of times they achieve what they set out to do and even you know critics don't like them but they make a billion dollars see transformers four and five and then no i won't see them. well yeah no i mean don't see it but (laughs) reference and then you have great movies that win oscars and they make thirty thousand dollars or whatever you know and it's just it's a weird thing because you've got these movies like the nun it made a ton of money but like in my mind it deserves it because it did what it set out to do now is it going to win an oscar no is it that much more memorable from this other horror movie that comes out that does a good job being scary and creepy too. Like, no, like it's no, uh, God, now I'm blanking on this one's name, but, uh, the the hereditary, hereditary, hereditary that I'm going to remember that I'm going to watch again. There were some amazing performances. So like, is the nun good, like great, like hereditary was no, but it did its job for being a scary, creepy horror movie. And so it's just a weird thing when you winger is not Led Zeppelin,
0: but there's a place for a winger. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, but sometimes movies are bad. They don't deserve any
2: money, and they're just plain bad. But yeah. And you think that was Peppermint? I think Winger is better than Peppermint. <laughs> 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 what was the Charlie Theron movie a couple of years ago? Atomic, where Atomic Blonde. Blonde. Yes, yeah. that's an A-plus, right? I've never seen it. Okay, have you? I, yeah, I love the style of that movie. Okay, uh, you know what? Maybe not an A-plus, I'll say an A. Yeah. Okay, I'll give Peppermint a B-minus, but it's only trying to be a B. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did what it was supposed yeah, to do, was, and yeah. I liked seeing her again. It reminded me of the old series Alias that she
0: did twenty years ago, and I never watched it, so I, you know, I I went in with no nostalgia for that. Um, I was a little put off, put off by uh, the wholesale slaughter of Mexicans in the movie. There were a lot of dead Mexicans, yeah, and a lot of dead Mexicans from central casting. Like it was like yo essay, and then they'd get shot in the face, yeah, and and it was. You know, it was uh, that was a. I was. But is sup-
1: it that bad? If the, I mean, if that's what people from that culture
0: say, or I mean, from that area, I'm just. But like, she was killing almost
2: exclusively Mexicans. That's because she's up against a Mexican gang. Yeah, it just like in
1: Sicario, if they just kill Mexicans, are you going to be like? You wouldn't say the same thing. Yeah. So I... I just wonder where the because it's a. This is not a good right. movie like Sicario or as good. You know. It's a weird thing how you can be more critical, like it stands out more. You know
2: know Schindler's List? Not one dead Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) So it's taking a really
1: weird turn. Uh, But anyway, so, okay, well, I'm glad you liked it, Paul. You know, and that's the thing, too, is where it's it's hard, because as a critic, you you talk about these films, and we do it every week. And if, if it's a bad movie, we tell you we don't hold back. But some people really love these movies that we trash and it's not like we're trying to ruin your enjoyment or anything, but it's our job to to ruin your enjoyment. No, no, no. And by the way, criticize y- your
2: your opinion is allowed to be wrong.
1: <laughs> there
2: you go. <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: So, I'm it, kidding. yeah. So it's just it's a weird thing because it's like I don't if you enjoy it. Hey, like what you like. We said it before too. like enjoy what you enjoy. Right. Like we like if we don't like it, it doesn't mean you can't watch it or we think. Well, we might think a
0: little. Less, hey, but, we, we yeah. have an entire specialty series about deep fried tacos <laughs> yes. movies that we know are bad, but we still love. Mm-hmm. Please not, see those. Yes. Not that we love ironically, but we're yeah. like, no, you're wrong. It's not bad. <laughs> and it, And we love it. I mean, Joe
1: loves the monster squad. Yeah. And he will not say otherwise. We can't convince him. We try all the time, but he'll never say it's bad. So there you go. Anyway, that's uh, I'm going to hear it from him because he does listen to these. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be yelling. I can just hear him yelling at his podcast player right now. Coming in at number eight, Fahrenheit eleven nine. So I know it's a th- great title. Yeah, I absolutely. I yeah. didn't realize the the significance of the title until yeah. until I'm like, well, that is pretty good. But did you see it? No. Okay. I I'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, have Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything about it. Yet. I mean, it just came I out mean, over the
0: weekend. I, I mean. I think it's. Exa- I think you know what you're going to get it's from a Michael a, Moore movie. Right. Like yeah. it's, it's you know? not
2: going to do as well as Fahrenheit 9/11, which is the biggest selling documentary of yeah. all time. Yeah. Um, now, I, will people I,
1: accidentally go on their VOD and they'll type in Fahrenheit and get confused and just buy this one, maybe maybe get the the sales because it's the next one down.
2: Maybe. I'll see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be interested. I mean, Michael Moore sometimes is a little too much for me but i mean he's made some interesting documentaries so
0: he has and uh he had that tv show for a while that did some some fun stuff The awful truth that was it yeah Yeah. so
1: it made three million (coughs) dollars opening weekend so we'll see what that continues to do and maybe someone will have
2: seen it by the next time we talk to you speaking of political movies there was a movie that Rob Reiner made earlier this year, and it came out, and I think literally it went to the movie theaters and was projected once and then never <laughs> shown again. Because, it, 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 I mean, it's not even two months old, I don't think, oh, wow. and it's already out on DVD. You, do you remember it's, what it's called? It's called Shock and Awe, and it's about the George W. Bush administration pushing us towards the Iraq War. Oh. But it's not a documentary, it's a kind of a docudrama with okay. people acting out what that was and playing the various politicians who were involved in that and rob reiner directed it. yes yeah that and, and just kind of he was he was the only one who went around he did the talk show circuit and america went hmm, don't care yeah <laughs> and that's because there is such an onslaught of news yeah. every single day yeah that's tough to like back to think back then you
1: know right when you've got new i mean a news article every morning you wake up you're like what now the news? that seems
0: quaint <laughs> you're like Oh, that would be great. Yeah. If we could have that. How do you say nuclear?
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when that was a big article? Like, Wait, you want me to see a movie about something that happened 16 years ago? Sorry, I cannot process it. (laughs) I can't remember what happened yesterday. (laughs) But what
0: happened with Rob Reiner like that guy directed so many amazing movies. It was like he made a deal with the devil and then like the deal was up and they <laughs> turned off it. the
2: the good director had the greatest switch. early run. I think six great movies in a row. Oh my God. And then he made North. But he made a good one after North because uh, American, the American president. president. Yeah.
0: But um, but yeah, because I mean he did like Spinal Tap, Sure Thing, Stand By Me, Stand By Me, uh, a few good men I and mean, he was he
1: when Harry met Sally yeah, yes yeah. when Harry
0: met Sally I mean he was crushing yeah. it and and in different genres too like he wasn't mm-hmm. just doing a romantic comedy or just doing serious you know I mean, and it was and then it was just like somebody flipped a switch and he was done yep it's I, I I've never seen anything like it
2: yeah
1: well, I don't know that. We'll save that for the Rob Reiner specialty podcast. We'll go. <laughs> we'll deep dive, investigate what happened to Reiner. But anyway, uh, coming in at number nine, The Meg, not Meg Ryan, since we're talking about <laughs> Rob Reiner movies. But uh, The Meg with two point two million dollars in week seven. It's a forty one percent drop in week seven. So wow, one hundred and forty million dollars domestic, and I think we talked about it last week, and and it's insane box office overseas, but almost four hundred million foreign. So. I mean, that's, it's crossed the half-a-billion-dollar mark on its $130 million budget. Jason
0: Statham punching a
1: shark. It's-, it's
0: the textbook definition of what Paul was talking about earlier. Did you want to see a movie about a shark getting punched? right i mean that's ex- exactly it's like is it a good movie hell no it's oh, not a no. good movie but i mean when i say good it's from
1: a critical perspective but if you wanted to see shark punching you've got plenty of it so
2: it, it is it enjoyable for that and yeah. when, you, when you went on vod and you typed in jaws and you watched jaws 4 well you asked for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> same thing with the meg there you go you knew what
1: you were getting into so rounding out the top 10 wow this is a close one so i um, we might have a a uh, tie or or maybe an honorable mention here, but Searching is hanging around still. Probably it's last week in the top 10, but $2.1 million is a 32% drop for that one. Uh, You can listen to our podcast from four or five weeks ago. Here are impressions of that one. Uh, $23 million But
0: don't listen to it until you see the movie. Yes, that's one... So there are some movies like yeah. if you listen to the Meg episode before you see the Meg, you're gonna be fine. Don't Searching, watch a simple favor until you absolutely. You know there's yeah. and, and
1: I gave a warning, and I know someone joked around on the the board said isn't that redundant? But it's like no, I mean all our movies are spoilers, but but the enjoyment does not always depend on knowing right. it. You can listen to the podcast and then get around to seeing it. Okay, that was good, but like some movies are dependent. I mean, just like the Sixth Sense one. I mean, we spoil right. it in our intro, but like everyone knows it. I wouldn't have wanted to know that and then the movie would have been you know it wouldn't have been anything without you know if you knew it already so there
2: are some movies that are spoiler proof yeah Superman
1: right exactly it's like he's gonna punch the bad guy and fly around like cool I want to see that I know what's gonna happen and even when you're watching you're like oh he's in trouble no I mean for the most part no do you
2: think you could describe Raiders of the Lost Ark in a way that would ruin it for somebody I don't yeah there's not
1: a chance no not a chance exactly so we we do like to warn you even though it's the name of the show I mean when we say see the movie first it's because your enjoyment's probably dependent on it some people love it though I mean it's just like the people that turn to the back of the book or
0: some people love to know spoilers speaking of when Harry met Sally yeah because he talks about that, yeah. you know, he's like, "Oh, I read the last yeah. page because I die." Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, some people will do that. Like, I have a friend. I can't remember who it was now, but someone online told me they're like, "I always want to know." Maybe I was just reading online, but someone's like, I always look up the entire plot. Like, before I go see a movie, I want to know exactly what happens. I couldn't, I mean, I don't even like to watch trailers. I never watch trailers. Yeah, it's not me, but some people, like, for whatever reason, they like to know what they're getting into and then they visualize it. So, I. You
2: you know, we get to go see press screenings of movies and we get the invitations sometimes a week in advance, but Mm -hmm. we get the schedule of them maybe every month. And so I'll look through them and I'll see just a quick IMDB one or two line thing about what Mm -hmm. it is. Oh, I want to go see that and I'll put it on my calendar and then I'll forget about it completely. And then that day I'll see somebody and I'll say, what are you doing tonight? Well, I'm going to see the screening of whatever it is. And I say, what's that about? I said, I don't know. Yeah, I I knew at some point, but I forgot on purpose. I will say when we're
0: coming down the stretch in December and sometimes you might see three or four movies in a day. I mean, there are times I sit down and I literally don't know what movie they're going to show me. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you the title
2: yep
1: it's weird i mean you talk about some people that go to the movies twice a year we see one or two three a week sometimes and it's like it's just it's a different i mean there's a lot coming at us and sometimes it is hard to remember but i'm with you paul i i try i try to avoid trailers at all cost and one of the most refreshing things someone said it online again too you know and we do a lot of chat on the league of show shares but someone said they went into a movie it might have even been this one but they had no idea what to expect didn't even see a trailer They sat down for it. It's like, it's really cool going to a movie and not knowing anything. I mean, if it's good, especially because then it's like, oh, well, that was cool. But to not know, oh, that's the part from the trailer or especially with comedies, that's that joke I already heard.
2: I remember when American Hustle came out. mm -hmm. That same time, Scorsese had a movie coming out and I knew I was going to the screenings of both of them in the same week but yeah. I didn't know which was which I just knew go to the it was at Ronnie's you know Tuesday 7 o'clock is gonna be one of them okay so I go down there and in my mind I'm thinking okay it's the Scorsese movie tonight and I go and American Hustle doesn't have the credits at the front so I'm watching it and it is very Scorsese like yeah <laughs> in the, especially in the use of music and right. the way it's directed yeah, it's some funny. of the like, shots and, all sort of stuff. and then at the end directed by David O. Russell was like what? Wait a minute! Yeah. <laughs> hold on. The whole time I'm thinking Scorsese, so I, I have no idea what many of these movies are. <laughs> That's funny. Even
0: 30 seconds before I'm
2: going to see. And then it's them.
0: a day brighter because you're like, oh, cool! I still have the Scorsese
2: movie to yeah. see. Yeah, <laughs> there you
1: go. So anyway, uh, searching uh, it would it would be great. See the movie first and do it. If, you know, go see it in the theater. It's a really good movie. Then listen to the podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I wish it was doing better because it really is clever and uh, yeah, fascinating the way they made it. And then that bonus eleven, uh, life in itself, two point one million. It's an Amazon Studios release, uh, but it, it basically made the exact same thing as searching. So we'll throw in a bonus there.
2: It's considered a big bomb in Hollywood. Is it? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, it's got Oscar Isaac in it, Olivia Wilde, and Betting. Uh, it looks like it has a pretty big cast. So
0: it looks like
2: it wants to be. This is us. It's from the same
1: guy. Uh, it's well, it's would the Dan, it. Yeah, it's yeah, the okay. Dan
2: Fogelman directed movie so gotcha. it's yeah this is us the movie now, you, interesting you uh my wife loved the tv series this is us it's a good show first season yeah she loved and then we were going to go see the screening of this and she said i'm not going i said why she said because this is us turned bad and i said all right well maybe i'll go see it without you she said it has oscar isaac in it and i said i'm out oh you don't like oscar <laughs> isaac <laughs> i haven't liked anything he's oh. been in
1: <laughs> did you have you seen like uh X machina yeah hated okay. it Because I'm like, that's a different, definitely a different type of movie. So, okay, so you don't like any of his stuff. Not the
0: inside Lou and David. Oh, oh, that movie I hated. Uh, Terrible. (laughs) That movie was not good. Oh, No. I don't think he was the problem, but <laughs> yeah. it just that movie just
2: went nowhere. I mean, I know he's in a Star Wars movie, but he was just a Star Wars character. It's not yeah. an Oscar Isaac movie. Right, right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, well, that's the box office. Well, thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. So I guess
0: that's it for this one. Let's go around the table, and everyone can say where to find them.
2: I'm Paul, online at Twitter, at Paul Harris Show.
0: All right. I'm Kevin, online at Twitter, at Kevin R. Brackett. And I'm Tom. You can find me on Twitter, at Roger Kubert, or on Facebook, at Facebook.com, slash Tom O'Keefe. And you can find... The show online at Facebook.com slash RealSpoilers or on Twitter at RealSpoilers. You can also check out our Patreon account at Patreon.com slash spoilers. So that's it for this one. Uh, coming up on the next one, we will tackle a simple favor. Until then, you've been warned.
2: for the long-